0: And welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I'm Al Manorino, managing editor of thepopbreak.com, And the Rick Flag of the group, question mark? We'll find out. Um, I'm joined, as always, uh, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. With me, the king shark of the pod, Mr. Bill Botkin. Bill, what's going on? And. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, friend. I can't Um, do a podcast like this. As you can As you can already hear, we are talking about the Suicide Squad, the new Warner Brothers DC Comics film from director, writer, crazy human being, James Gunn, that just uh, premiered last week at this point-ish. Yeah, last week on uh, both HBO Max and in theaters. I actually saw this in theaters. I waited. Even though I have an HBO Max subscription, I wanted to see this film in theaters. And I'm so glad I did because- We're going to go into this a lot, but I think this is the the movie of the summer, question mark, Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that in more detail. We do have not one, but two guests this week, both returning guests, and I'll let Bill take care of this one as I drink my Coronas.
1: Uh, Al living his life one coronita at a time now, too, because he just goes wild all the right. time. Yes, this is the 69th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship episode of uh, flagship podcast, of the popbreak.com. Of course, my name is Bill Bodkin, and our first guest, I will be joining very early in the morning to record, I might add. His uh, Suicide Squad podcast, he is the co-host of the Cinema Joe's podcast, which I will be on, which you can find on all your favorite streaming platforms, as well as the podcast guru. He's not just an editor, people, he's a guru. He has he has created the syndicate of podcasts. He is I would say he's like the Amanda Waller of the PopBreak.com, but he's like oh, no. a nice person, and no <laughs> one wants to hit him with a golf club in the neck.
2: He he's really the Steve
1: AG. Uh, yeah, uh, Al, who would you say this person, if you had to guess, who would you say this is of the popbreak.com if it was a Suicide Squad character?
0: I mean, he probably is more of the Rick Flag because he's like the more organized one it really is. And yeah. people, like him, people like him and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's
1: Alex Marcus. He's here. Alex, how are you, my friend? Alex I'm, is also I'm the great. host of many
3: podcasts on yes. Pop Break. How are you? I'm good. I also co-host a podcast with you, TV Break, on Pop Break TV, um, which comes out once a month, talking about all of the TV stuff that we have to talk about. But yeah, very excited here to talk about that. I'm going to take Rick Flag as a compliment. I think I'd like to be considered the Rick Flag. I think I might be more like Polka Dot Man. And that he's overcome by sadness, but exploding with color. So, you know. There's a lot of mom stuff in there that I'm like, wow. (laughs) Well, you're a
1: motherfucking superhero to all of us, my friend. uh, Thank you. Speaking of motherfucking superheroes, let's talk about our returning guest. I think she has hit the five-time club. Uh, She is the social media editor of our hearts and of the site. Alicia Weinberger. Hello. Hello.
2: Still childless, millennial, oh. Alicia Weinberger.
1: <laughs> uh, Al, if we had to guess who Alicia was on the Suicide Squad, who would she be? Um, wow.
0: I mean, technically she's the youngest out of all of us. She'd be the peacemaker, um, of course. No, nope. yeah, she's I mean no. I, I would I would honestly I would go rat catcher too. I would too. She's kind of badass. Sick. I was like blown away by how cool she was, but we're gonna get again. We're gonna get into all of that,
1: Alicia. Who was your pick? Because we made everyone pick who they who they think they would, and yes, I did pick Kiki Sharp for myself. Alicia, who was the character you picked for yourself?
2: I have no power fantasies. I would probably be blackguard and get my face shot off in the first five minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Alicia is now gonna sell us out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. All right. Thanks, pal. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, again, thank you all for joining for the, the, the official Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad review uh, for the Socially distance podcast, not for popbreak.com. You can actually read the review uh, that we did on the site right now on the PopRake.com. Who wrote that, Sir Bill? Uh, That was written by
1: Sam Niles, uh, one of our senior film writers. Of course, this is my second Suicide Squad cast for Pop Break. I actually did it with Dan Cohen five years ago. I didn't even watch the movie. I just interviewed Dan and let him rant about how much he hated the movie. It's
0: a very bad movie.
3: Yeah. Uh, it is a very bad that movie. That is yeah. not good. Yeah. As so as this... people tell you it is, it's truly worse than you imagine. It's funny because the film. Felicia, did you like it?
2: I admit something tonight.
3: Oh, no.
1: I
2: just oh, watched it for the first time right before we recorded. Oh,
1: that's fine. Wow. It was bad, it, right?
2: It's. Okay, I don't, as, as a human being, I don't believe in punching down. So, I'm going to say this. There were some things that I kind of liked. Well, Captain
3: Boomerang was charming, sure. There was three things in that movie mm, that were good. I don't think three Captain things. Boomerang is the thing that she likes, is it? No.
2: <laughs> I like that one joke where a cha- Enchantress like, was kept touching the general, and he's like, don't touch me. Thought that was funny. I like
0: how you put it. I like that one, one joke. joke. I
1: like
2: that one joke. <laughs>
0: no, we can all agree that Heath, uh, that uh, that Jared Leto's Joker is the definitive Joker, and we can just move on.
3: Um, even the movie didn't like his joker they put him in as little as possible (laughs) i I was Um, gonna
1: say mark hamill
0: might have an objection in there but then i realized you were joking well it's 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 interesting and and for people who may have just watched this one thankfully um you know it this is not a reboot but it kind of is and also it's like it doesn't ignore everything from the first one but also it kind of does It's It's what we call
3: in the business is soft
0: reboot. It's a soft reboot where they actually took some of the characters um, and actors who played them and put them in. But also they, you know, James Gunn was (laughs) was able to do anything he wanted with them. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to do something different because The Suicide Squad is such a different film. And again, Bill just said he's already done a Suicide Squad pod. He's going to be doing another one with Alex. That would be very smart, by the way. Yeah. Cinema and, Joes would be um,
1: very, you know. Insightful. Exactly. I've been Not on Cinema Joes.
0: Not it's, it's great. Go go check out Cinema Joes. Yeah. We'll plug some some more Cinema Joes at the end of this. But uh, because this is such a different film and James Gunn is a, is a kind of a lunatic, I want to do something different with this pod. So I'm kind of framing this review and this discussion between us as almost like like high school yearbook like superlatives. So uh, we're going to start with who was the best squad member and that could mean literally anything it could be your favorite it could mean like legitimately he was or she was the best or it was if you want to count a, a, a little rat that stole our hearts or a, a shark um but yeah i'm gonna start with alicia alicia who who do you think was the best squad member
2: king shark baby that's only the right <laughs> answer he's adorable look at that look at that old that that no- necked a piece of fish meat (laughs) voiced
0: voiced by sylvester stallone and when i say voiced i mean literally he just had to start talking he didn't have to put on a voice at all
1: (laughs) it was pretty great that revelation when they said sylvester stallone and i'm like i wonder who he what small role he's gonna play and it's like he's the voice of king shark i'm like this is already a great movie
0: it's already the best movie ever um and i think that's the only one you could have picked who could replace the magic that is Ron Funches on Harley Quinn? It's if you guys have not checked out Harley <laughs> Quinn yet, um, the animated series. His his King Shark is amazing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so very good. different direction, but Completely it's really different. nice. Yeah, to what see if both King
0: <laughs> What if King Shark was like a, a, an IT guy? It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex, who who do you think is the who are your favorite or best squad member?
3: So I have to stick up for my girl Margot Robbie in Harley Quinn. I feel like this is her third cinematic appearance and all three have been sort of uh, received in complicated ways by the fandom and by critics. But I think that she's excellent in this role and I think she's really fun here. The movie kind of has to bend over backwards to give her things to do in the middle segments, which you could say is a bit of a negative to the film and its pacing, but everything that she had to do was so fun that I really didn't care about getting a a 20 minute Harley Quinn interlude because I just loved how much she loved the birds. And I loved how much she just immediately wanted to hook up with that really hot guy, even though he was kind of a dictator. And then I love that she just killed him right away. Spoilers, but that was really fun. And I mean, her and the javelin is just one of the best kind of like payouts for in the whole movie as like a running joke. And yeah, so definitely Harley Quinn. I, I, huge fan of what she did that dress that she's in for most of the movie is like fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have to agree with basically everything you said. Um, you know, I, I, I saw a few people say that this was the best version that we've gotten of a, like a live action Harley, like out of all of her iterations so far, this is number three. You said this is the best. Um, which is crazy to think cuz we literally got a movie dedicated to her in Birds of Prey and she was fantastic in that. I, I definitely the most enjoyable. I was going to say Bill you have a confusion face on your face.
1: Was Birds of Prey
0: 2021? No. no it was uh, last year. Oh
1: god. I thought it maybe came out in January. It no, I was like, "Oh No, it just, came out just, February last up. year. No one <laughs> yeah. would no one will confuse me with calendar, man. I could tell you that.
0: That's true. And and the, <laughs> the literally the movie is called Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of the, of the one Harley Quinn or something like that. Yes. And it's then they retitled
3: and then they retitled it birds of prey, Car- uh, Harley Quinn colon birds of prey. I'm pretty oh, sure. I hate when they do because, that. They do that. Cause lot. they were like, Oh no, no one came to see it. We should have maybe said that it was a Harley Quinn movie. Um, so, um, um, but yeah, that's, but I actually, I really like her in that movie as well. And I think that that's a really, really good showcase for her. this. Obviously she has to kind of like share the limelight a little bit more, but I really liked everything that she had to do.
0: Totally. And that the um the, the whole dictator thing was such a good flip of like what you thought was gonna happen in the sense of like oh, yeah, because for fall. a
3: second I was like, oh no, are they just gonna like saddle her up as like a love interest for yeah. this movie? That stinks, and then it's that's like, right. oh no, that's not what's happening, and that's excellence. <laughs>
0: showing so, showing how much she grew over yeah. the years and over the films. Bill, um, your favorite member of the squad.
1: Uh, if no one if, if no one had gotten to Harley Quinn, but it got to me, I was definitely going to pick her because just that scene alone, where she's explaining to him why she had to kill him while he's bleeding out, while also complimenting the monster between his legs, I was just like dying laughing. It was, was both wonderfully acted and just utterly ridiculous. But for me, Al, I think I'm going to steal your thunder here, uh, bitch. <laughs> It's Polka Dot, man. Damn. I have to go with Polka Dot, man. He was just, de- uh, I'll pronounce his last name for me, David Delmatte. Oh, it's David
0: Desmalchin.
1: Desmalchin. Desmaltchen. It was just the most ludicrous thing ever. And also so wonderful. Every time he would, like, I was waiting, waiting for the payoff mm-hmm. of Starro, the, the destroyer, to be his mom as a giant. And then when they cut, when he was dancing in the club scene, I'm like, oh, God, just cut to him dancing with his mouth, And he did. It was so messed up, but he had these (laughs) amazing powers that were so deadly and devastating. And I'm just like, this is the best. And then when he yells, I'm a motherfucking superhero. Not only is that such an on-the-nose statement and a double entendre and so fucked up, but also so sincere and so sweet. I'm just like, fuck, he's dead. And guess what? He was dead. Um, it was just perfect. I love this character. He's been such a great character actor in so many things. He was in the Dark Knight. Um, he's been in a. He's an Ant Man. Marvel. The movie. Flash. He's been a bunch of stuff. I, I haven't seen Ant Man. Uh, I know. I know. You know. I, I, I've given you my log into my cable like ten times for you to watch it, Al. So don't because I me love crap. watching
0: it because it's a great um, movie.
1: But <laughs> that was just my favorite. I mean, I also love Idris but there's so much of this cat. John Cena was great too, but like. It, it's polka dot man for me. Like I, if you gave me like a polka dot man, mini series somewhere,
0: I'm there. Oh, great. oh We'll get to that. Um I'm going to go quick uh, because Bill stole mine. I will. I mention. It. I felt bad. Sorry. That's okay. It's fine. Cause I, again, you could have went with a bunch of names on this. I'm going to go with Javelin. No, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with that seed though. So good. I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> yeah. <gonna> go <laughs> so <laughs> go uh blood sport. Uh, Idris Elba was, perfectly cast for this and you know when this movie was announced and they we found out that Will Smith wasn't going to return there was a scheduling conflict everyone thought that Idris Elba was originally going to replace him as uh Deadshot right Deadshot um, um yeah. there's too many dead deaths there's I get I'm so confused sometimes Deathstroke yeah. Deadshot Deadpool it's a lot uh but yeah it was announced that he was going to play this like D- E-list uh Superman villain called uh, Bloodsport. Or and I had zero expectations other than it's in Reselba. it's gonna be awesome. And guess what? It doesn't does point from having the uh, fuck you fight with his own daughter, which was hilarious um and crazy, um, to just his interactions with Cena. And then, you know, he literally had this like great arc. The 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 weird crazy thing about this whole movie is there's so many of these characters that you do not care about for, at the beginning. And at the end, you love every one of them in some way, shape or form uh, for good or bad. And they get an arc except one, but we understand why. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. So number uh, number two, uh, don't have these in order, who was? Who do you think was the worst squad member? So, <laughs> so this is going to be fun. So, for, for you know, uh, hopefully you've watched it by now. And again, spoilers because we never mentioned that earlier. But in the beginning, we we get this um, we get this not red herring, but uh, kind of this switcheroo where we get this huge Suicide Squad team formed. Literally, the movie opens up with uh, Michael workers' savant we're like oh my god this guy's gonna be like a main character what's what's his deal we get this whole team made up of savant um javelin uh, uh blackguard the tdk can't forget them, tdk and did i miss anyone mongol Mon- and- oh mongal mongal and weasel and weasel thank you yeah. sorry Great. who could forget weasel so Everyone then, did apparently. That's true. And then almost immediately, uh, we get this whole team wiped out. Literally everyone we just mentioned is wiped out in some way or another. And uh, then we see that there is a team B on the beach as well on the other side. And that's where we meet the actual main characters of this film. So uh, guys, out of the 20 or so characters that we're introducing, who's the worst squad member? Or least favorite or however you however you want to frame it. I'll start with Alex.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, I got like not to, I mean, this might be controversial because there's a lot to choose from, but I you got to kind of go with Weasel because he kind of just takes the L first before anybody else. <laughs> he just straight out the plane drowns. And I know like, you know, end credit scene, like he is alive and he runs into the jungle, but I don't think that's going to work out well for him either. So yeah, I got to say Weasel is definitely the least valuable member of the team.
0: Uh, I I love that I I I, I kind of defend
3: him because like they didn't check if he could swim, <laughs> and they didn't they, did. they didn't. That is true. No I don't know what he was going to bring to the table, even if he could. Though. Very it true. Seemed, like kind I, of a mess.
0: <laughs> I could bring this up now, but is Amanda Waller actually fit
3: to run Task Force, Task Force X because her research was terrible? I mean, her plan worked out pretty well. She sent all those people to die, except for the ones that she wanted not to die. And all those people died. All right. We're going to have to get into this more. It was to create a giant diversion by putting in a bunch of expendable people. Yeah, but she,
0: she wanted that regime out, but she didn't care that Starro was going to just like take over the planet. Oh,
3: she didn't care about the regime. She was very specific that she didn't – that yeah. they're a hostile force to America. So it, if they get destabilized, whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the important thing is to get rid of the proof that America had anything to do with the experiment. Oh, That's they didn't care there.
0: about actually killing Starro, just the proof. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I didn't care.
3: That's why when that. that's when, when Starro goes on the loose, she's like, "Get out of there!" It's it's in our best interest if Starro totally screws up this little island country. She should have checked a, anyway. She should have
0: checked that Weasel can swim, and she should have checked that uh, Bloodsport uh, had a rat
3: phobia. She should have known that Bloodsport had a rat phobia, but I, I believe him that he would not have let that information out very. Easily. All right, fine,
0: whatever, um, Alicia worst squad member
2: i'm gonna have to go with tdk man because
0: <laughs> yeah. worst. wait 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 worst? Yeah, awful worst or best
2: <laughs> worst because he could have been the best That's like, true. if i had detachable arms or whatever else detaches um, like like I to, you could do so much cool shit with that i would get so much done if I was able to detach my arms and put was, them back.
1: gently like, slapping everyone.
2: Yeah. yeah. He could have removed grenade pins. He could have, uh, yeah. I don't know, thrown did some no pocket thing. sand. <laughs> <He did laughs> and no I don't thing. understand how, listen, I mean, I'm sure getting shot is an awful thing, but I don't understand how getting him getting shot in his detached arms caused him to die. I want to know the physics behind that. I need to know the biology behind this Rayman Looking, son of a bitch. <laughs> I have too many um, questions. That I, I, love it.
3: I love it. I, I had no idea that was Nathan Fillion until the end, though. That was a surprise. Yeah. You had no idea. Didn't know? I didn't re- no, because he's got the big helmet on and stuff. And so yeah, funny. I didn't know. Oh
1: uh, I love I do love how he's just like, uh, oh, it's my initial CDK. And then like when they found it, it's the detachable kid and like Harley Quinn's like Harley. the detachable kid?
0: And, like, <laughs> that's him. And I'm just like, oh my God. It was so his bad. name is the Detachable Kid. Oh, so great. Uh Bill. It
2: sounds like a ska band name.
0: Oh my god. The yeah. detachable kid. Alicia, kids. do you want to start a ska band called? <laughs> I think, kid? think we should. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Have
3: yeah, third like, corona, man. <laughs> Which one of you guys can play a horn? That's the real question.
1: I have this uh, fear that I played when I was trying to learn how to do the bagpipes. Uh, so I can do that, I guess. Uh, Milton was pretty terrible.
3: He wasn't a squad no. member.
1: A race? No, I don't count. He that. wasn't
3: terrible. He did a good. He stuck with them for a he long time. He was with the whole time. <laughs> I know.
1: I kept watching with my wife, and my wife's like. Why is the driver with them?
0: Like, oh! By God. the way, low key, one of the best jokes was when Harley thought that Bloodsport's name was Milton.
3: <laughs> Had that a was whole conversation really, about it.
0: That was really good. I think the it's hard to
1: um because part of me wants to say javelin because he never got to do anything, but it but his javelin became such an integral part mm-hmm. of the movie. I love so Fula too. I was oh Fula's he great. saved the day. But Savant is the worst member. Yeah. He's just like supposedly this expert with like weapons and ammunition. And he just turned into a big coward and Mm -hmm. did nothing and just got blown up for it. Because it's so he was obviously the worst. And only Michael Rooker, I think, could pull off, you know, the James Gunn staple could pull off the uh, bravado filled coward as well as uh, he could for Savant. And so he.
0: He's not even, like, a, a he's a coward, right, in that instance. But at the same time, he tried to save Weasel. Like, you're like, you hate this guy. just killed a bird. Like, you don't give a shit about him at this point. And then That too. He's a dick for doing that. And then he yeah. saves Weasel. You're like, oh, man, he's kind of cool. And then he runs away in, like, abject terror and gets his head blown off.
3: I have so, to say, yeah. I want to stick up for him a little bit just in saying that he wasn't running away like as a coward. It was very clear that they were all going to die. It was an entire army versus like a dozen people like who were barely armed. Uh, So I feel like it's, it was a reasonable response except for the fact that he had a bomb in his head. So like he knew he he had had to have known. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he literally like, he literally chickened But out. one could and, argue it's the more courageous choice to run away from a fight you know you're going to lose even though you have a bomb but, in your neck.
0: But his whole superpower is he's like a savant. So, like, when you see him hit every single one of those targets with a ball, couldn't he have done that with, like, a grenade or something? Like Yeah, you would, I
1: was thinking he was going to have – so what I thought was going to happen, he was, like, going to be – he was thinking it out and he would stand up and he'd be the first guy to go because he's like – Here's my plan. Boom, bolt in the head. Yeah, and like that's what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't because Pete Davidson turned out to be a giant dick. Uh, Still but not the worst squad member. Right. He was pretty up there. Still but, not the worst. Uh, he was my he was my runner up for sure. He oh, yeah. was <laughs> my runner up too. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, to me it's just like he just. You felt like he could have done something. He ran away, and you're just like, you're, you're awful, dude. Uh, so he gets my pick.
3: But wait, so his superpower was that he was really tactically smart. I thought it was that he was has long blonde hair. With <laughs> oh, long white hair. Because <laughs> he's so fun. I thought it was, like, <sighs> platinum blonde. Platinum blonde. Yeah. Um,
0: I. It's funny. You could, I think everyone that you said was great. I'm going to have to go with, no, that's, that's not true. I was going to go with Mongal, but she actually rocked.
3: She yes, actually he was like, "Fuck, fuck it." Like, fuck it. Champ, like
0: yeah. um, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually agree with Alicia yeah. on this one. She's she's made a great point. The detachable kid was useless.
2: <laughs> how does he survive? He so useful.
0: How did he survive as a villain before this? Is my question.
3: That's he the real question. He was in prison,
0: so you know. did he like do? One villainous thing, and then. Poss- <laughs> survived and got thrown into prison. It's possible. Well, I yes. mean, Ratcatcher
1: 2 said she got thrown into prison because she like stole stuff. Essentially, sure. So she wasn't a super villain. She's like I robbed a store or something like that.
0: Well, since since we mentioned a, a couple fallen <laughs> fallen squad members, um, I, I'm gonna this is like a two parter. So I'm gonna start with the first part. What, what's the squad member that you wanted to spend more time with? And I'm gonna start with. Bill. So, in the whole film, what squad member did you want to spend more time with, but didn't get the chance? Hmm.
1: I didn't feel like we got enough flag. I like I'm I like Joel Kinnaman a lot. I liked him in the Killing. I am very much in the minority of people who liked that show. I liked the first season of it. uh I like Joel Kinnaman in general, and I I thought we could have got a little bit more with him. As I thought, we had, he had a great he had a great send off, but I wish we had got a little bit more of him just to get that whole, to earn a little bit more of that. I'm tired of doing the government's job, man type deal. And like, we know he was in the first movie Mm -hmm. and I think he needed a, just a a wee bit more redemption from the first movie because his role kind of blew. And uh, so I would have liked a little bit of more Rick flag uh, to be honest, but it's a little tough when like, you've got Idris Elba and John Cena kind of in the role of who's going to be the alpha male of this group. And then you have a giant shark. Um, So yeah, I would have liked a little more
0: flag myself. I I can't agree more. I think I'm, uh, if, if, if I get to go to Comic-Con this year, uh, depending on, I don't know, an outlet, you're not responding to me or, you know, the Delta variant going away, please. Um, Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, but If we ever get to cosplay again, I actually really want to go as Rick Flag. I loved him in this. I thought he was great. Um, I thought he was like kind of perfectly cast. Someone that did 100% did not get a chance to shine in the last film. And that's why my pick is someone else from the last film, Mr. Captain Boomerang.
3: Oh God! I, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna make it a little further. Me yeah. too. So I was okay. so happy that he died. I'm not gonna.
1: Lie I here. wasn't.
3: I I just
0: for that goddamn Die Hard movie he did <laughs> Which was awful. I I don't know why, but I think because of the dumbness of the character itself. Like I'm like this is Jai Courtney was born to play Captain Boomerang because Jai Courtney is like a joke of an actor as, as like wow. to begin with. Wow!
1: Wow!
0: Like,
3: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, why don't you go, I, I, you go
1: slap his
0: mom while you're at it?
3: Gosh, you're a joke. You get TDK acted. to come and slap
0: Yes, yeah, true. Um, <laughs>
3: Very slowly, his arms. But I just
0: out. like I've never—I don't think I've ever liked him in anything until he was Captain Boomerang. I'm like, oh, this is kind of what he was born to do. Like this is this is the the role he was born to play. I wanted to spend a little more time with him. Um, I thought that would be fun. I think if they, and you know, I, I'll save it for later. But uh, Alicia, who who do you have? TDK.
2: I want to say TDK, but I.
3: You wait, you th- just want to spend more time with him so you can learn more about.
2: I just have so many unanswered questions.
3: questions. What other parts of his body can he detach, for example? <laughs> what, yeah, can yeah. we get?
2: Can we get <laughs> modular? Can you detach toes? Like, what's what's up? Eyebrows? Is he like full on Mr. <laughs> Potato Headding it? I I don't.
3: <laughs> just remove one eyebrow. <laughs> I, Maybe he wants know. to give like an exaggerated Shock face You right. need to remove the eyebrows for that He
2: probably kills at, at at Parties and visiting like little sick kids And making funny faces <laughs>
1: He gets really shocked, he can detach his eyes his, And all his face and just comes out Like a cartoon But oh, only oh so slowly floats out
2: Do you think he can detach each like Strand of hair like a one of those Play-Doh heads <laughs> That you put the clay through <laughs>
0: I think he basically Should have just, just done just a whole TDK his, podcast I, I honestly think he could just remove his arms <laughs> I think that's it <laughs> Is that your pick By the way or did you just have more questions About TDK uh, I just have more answer?
2: questions about TDK that nobody can answer But my my honest pick would probably have been uh, Mongal Only because yeah. I think Think because I love that one line when the um the staff members are like kind of taking like the the Death Pool and they're just mm-hmm. like is she like a god is she an alien like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I just foresee so many um like Drax esque like moments that could have happened with her where she just kind of like talks about her home planet and then there's just awkward silence.
0: Um, All right, <laughs> no worries. So uh yeah i think mongal um was an interesting choice like to begin with because Mongol is like an actual like pretty popular ish villain in the dcu ish um there's always talks of like him having more relevance in like current comics and then eventually movies and stuff but what it was interesting. Is,
3: like whose rogue gallery is he a part he's, of? He's,
0: uh, well, I think his first appearance was in like DC Comics Presents in like the 70s or 80s, but I think he's technically a Superman villain. Oh, okay. Technically, I don't know. And
2: but, that, that would have been perfect because I feel like there, there was, you know, not, not to get super into it, but like I, I feel like there was jokes for both people. Who just went to go see the movie versus people who like really know what these deep cuts are? And there could have mm-hmm. been some great jokes where they're like, "Oh, you're Mongol," and she'd be like, "No, no, no, I'm Mongal."
1: Monga. Oh, I do. Do I do have a spoiler for TDK? By the way. Oh no! You Googled it.
2: Did James Gunn call you? Is that who called you? <laughs> yeah, <was> James Gunn
1: <laughs> <laughs> just called. That was. He's a big
2: fan of this podcast. Was it?
1: Was it, it Nathan Fillion? No, it was it was James Gunn and he wanted to tell me he that TDK can only detach his arms and his legs, which to me that's a bit of a lost call. I mean you're you're missing out on so many well, great opportunities. Wait, does he float
3: if he has that's his what legs I was detached?
0: He has to because he his arms float.
3: or is he is he, he, could, he just like a torso stuck in a prone position? This is even worse because he's torso,
1: and you're just like,
0: um, imagine he also detaches his legs, and he's like kicking people in the shin, but you just see his little torso just in the in the sand. That would have been fucking so funny. I think that would have been great. Um, Alex, worst. Uh, oh no, the yeah. squad member you want to spend the, uh, more time with.
3: Yeah, well, I just want to say I was most impressed by one of, like, the premier thespians of this cast. And that'd be, of course, Mr. Crisp Rat himself, Sebastian the Rat. Um, and I would definitely have liked to spend more time with him. Um, <laughs> was Crisp was Chris Pratt the Rat? That's the name of the rat. It's Crisp Rat. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Yes, look it up on IMDb. That's the cat. That's the rat's name. Chris Rat. Pratt. Catcher's,
0: rat Catcher 2's Rat?
3: Yeah, his
0: name Crisp.
3: In, well, the actor, the actor rat who <laughs> plays oh. Sebastian in the movie, is named Chris Pratt.
2: He's in the Actors the old Al, show some respect. Yeah, it's exactly. no laughing matter. Okay. <laughs> he I'm apparently
3: gonna... shared the role with a rat named Jaws, but I mean, it's clear that Chris Pratt was the one who really stole the scenes that they were given together. So,
0: so um, the the, the, the is that the one you wanted to spend the most time with?
3: I would, because I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the best thing about this movie is that it so effectively uses this ensemble the exact right amount. And, uh, and it's really hard for me to say that I would want to spend more time with any of them because I feel like it's all of them are given just enough time to land and make an impact without ever like playing up their, their whole thing too much. Like we never get too much of anyone. And I think that's yeah. why the movie works so well. And if I could get any more time with anyone, it would definitely be Sebastian the Rat.
1: Who also like... He's just this small character who's adorable, who I love the scene where they make Peacemaker likable. He's like, hey, Chico, you forgot the rat. And I was just like, that's amazing. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, no, not him. They could kill anyone else. Please yeah, don't kill I mean, King Shark busted. or the rat because I'm I, I very
3: upset. King Shark could have died. I would have been fine mm-hmm. with that. He don't don't you goes to multiple occasions where I'm like,
0: out, oh, knows. my God, King Shark is dead. <laughs> I it think Supertardy
3: like, is clear. Yeah. He could he survived like falling out of a building and then the yep. building falling on top of him. I think he's Don't, un- don't forget
0: he also he also he also survived like a firing
3: squad. Yes. And like an attack of aliens, like fish that were parasites, yes. all at the same time. So I Those think that he's so unkillable. Creepy. I was just like, I
0: did
1: not like that. I, I was, saw them like, oh they're cute. They're gonna be so creepy. Like, I
0: literally said friends? he's dead. Three times while watching this movie, alien fish falling from two hundred thousand feet in the air, and then firing squad. Yeah, two hundred thousand feet. Um, uh, Bill, did I get to you? Who do yeah. you want to spend most time with? Uh, I said reflect. Oh yes, so you stole mine again. Who do I want? Um, oh yeah, javelin for sure. Uh, I want like. I wanted. That's I wanted German a bastard. little. I wanted a little. So we get uh, Blackguard sells them out, does nothing. TDK detaches his arms and swats at people. Let's say does the bare minimum. <laughs> Mongol um, goes ape shit. Uh, she takes Bo- out a
3: helicopter. I said oh, that she boomerang. goes. She goes
0: ape shit. And Bo- Boomerang like was actually fighting and then gets blown up by the helicopter. Savant runs away like a coward Uh, weasel dies quote, you know, and then javelin dies quickly too. So like a lot of them get wiped out to the point where they don't even get to show them do anything. Um, I would have liked to have seen javelin do something. Cause you know what would have been funny? I think it would have been kind of cool would be, he takes javelin, he throws it, he misses and he's like, fuck. Like that was his only thing. Like that would have been great.
1: I thought they were gonna do that at the end, where they they keep selling the like, the javelin's the thing, and Harley Quinn's like ah, and she throws it, and it bounces off Starro's eye, and they're like, fuck, <laughs> that's what I thought was gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I, I liked I liked the payoff of the javelin, but yeah, I didn't like the Starro payoff. I liked the 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 breakout payoff. Like, that was cool to see her fight with a javelin was sweet. Yeah. Like, I really um, was a big fan of that. I didn't care for the, um, the, the I was just like, oh, right, yeah, obviously it's going to happen. Um, it just was a little too on the nose for me. But, yeah, so moving on or to. on the eye, rather. Nope, Alex, I, oh, oh Alex, <laughs> uh, I think, I think you're leaving. That's
3: weird. Um, sorry. Ow. Sorry to see you go. Um, Can I just, okay. in support of your choice, I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say, I don't know if you guys saw, but I watched the show, I watched the movie on, I, on. HBO Max I think you are saying
1: I'm- IMDb TV I'm
3: like Holy oh, shit <laughs> No yeah, right. I have IMDb co? open um, No I had I watched it on, uh, on HBO Max And they had right. this like Little like featurette At the end Like in like Special features Where it was just Kind of like uh, All the actors And James Gunn Being like This movie's great You know Like one of those things For two minutes And one of the actors That they got To give an interview About the importance Of this movie And how great it was To be part of the cast Was, was Flula Borg Who played Javelin And I just thought That was so nice
0: yeah. <laughs> (laughs) He got, he got like ripped for it too. Like crazy in in
3: the thing. It's like, it's like, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just really funny to me. It's It's like Margot Robbie and it's like Viola Davis. And then it's him. And it's like, you're in the movie for two seconds. (laughs) seconds. And he's just like, it was, you know, this, this shoot was just really incredible. And I'm just so lucky to be here. He was like talking about like it as if he was like a major part of the movie. And I just thought that was wonderful.
0: You should, uh, I mean, not to plug other podcasts, but listen to his uh, episode of um, uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend uh, because they're like buddies and he likes he's open for him on tour and stuff and anything, but he talks to him about Suicide Squad for a little bit pre the movie coming out, but then also just Uh. like, they just riff for the whole fucking interview. It's insane. They're so funny together. Um, Anyway, uh, the next segment I wanted to go to is... uh, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the last one, but I feel like I'm going to get different responses. Who do you believe actually deserves a spinoff? Uh, oh, so, all right, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, TDK obviously. So, for those unaware, uh, we are getting a Peacemaker series already uh, filmed. John already filmed. It's going to be on HBO Max. I believe it's like eight episodes or six episodes or something like that. Uh, Directed by James Gunn, I believe for most of them or the whole thing. I think it's the whole thing. Anyway, Peacemaker series, John Cena's returning. Obviously, if you saw the movie, Cena. Peacemaker was a great character and still is a great character, but he makes it a heel turn at the end. He was working for Waller the whole time. I used that right too. Thank you. Um, I had no problem. (laughs) So... He um, kind of betrays the squad. He kills Rick Flagg, which was devastating for me. Still hope he gets, still hope he comes back in some capacity, but he definitely does not. His um, heart
3: like exploded. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. No, <laughs> he literally got like part of a toilet shoved through but, his heart. But then again, <laughs> but then again, is still alive and he got shot like through the throat, I think. And then a building fell
3: on top and of him. And a building him. fell on top of him. But if see, you've ever you seen a Fast and Furious movie,
0: dude, he can make it take it. As Alicia knows, a building falling on top of you, if, if, if you've seen a Fast and Furious movie, means you're perfectly fine. <laughs> Not a scratch like Jason Statham. Well, it's Jason Statham. Um, it's Jason Statham. So uh, I'll start with Alicia. I swear to God, if you say TDK, I'm kicking you off this podcast. <laughs> Who do you think... i overrule it. That's true. Who do you think uh, deserves a spinoff? So we're getting Peacemaker already. Um, if we don't get a traditional sequel... Who, what other hbo max show would you want to see spun off of this movie
2: that's so tough i mean honestly i would kind of love the um a spin-off series just about amanda waller's staff yeah
0: me too <laughs> but they're actually gonna return in peacemaker
2: that's true yeah i guess those two uh i guess are like lackeys are, are mm-hmm. showing up the ones that show up at the end, uh, end credits
3: Steve yeah, i would
2: i would love just like even if it was just like a short, like adult swimmy, like bite size, like 15 minute episodes about just different interns that just get wiped out on her staff. Um, And it would also just be a great way to just like, just get some deep cuts in um, deep, some deep DC cuts uh, into that series.
0: That would be great. I, I would totally be into seeing more of like, was <laughs> uh, it um, is it Project? No, it's not Project X. That's a shitty movie. What's the actual? They call it something, Task but then they name Task, Force, Task Force, X, Force X. Thank you. <laughs> the Task Force X interns uh, would be interesting. Bill, who deserves a spinoff series? I saw someone uh, on
1: Twitter t- t- or there was an article talking about like prequel series with flag and a blood sport, but I really it just as their days uh, in like special ops and stuff, but I'm like, that's essentially strike back uh, which was on the mm. max. So give me a King shark series because mm. that would be ridiculously fun. And I think um, it would just be, whether it's animated with Ron Funches or, or it in that world, or if you go with something like the Stallone character, I think you could have a lot of fun with that. Um, just having like, a, like a very short run series about King shark, I think would be a lot of fun. Cause yeah. he's the most endearing. He's one of the most endearing characters in the show. Mm-hmm. He's very funny. Uh, and you could easily, and like I said, you could go with, you could go with the Stallone route. You could have, have be hyper violent live action series, or you can go with the function's route and be a hyper violent, animated series so i think either one would very much work and um I, th- I think he's got enough traction in both worlds from harley quinn and from the suicide squad that i think it would be a profitable uh move from warner media
3: to do that 100%. he also popped up as a villain on the flash tv show he did that's right he did gorilla Grodd. he did, he did. Grodd on he that did. Show. yeah great Wasn't great special he,
0: effects um,
3: <laughs> not good out, out for blood
2: I mean, tonight. They did um, their best.
0: They did their best on a TV budget. Anyway, the uh, a
1: CW budget on a CW even worse. The <laughs> Do you want to take any more shots at Jay Courtney, Al? I mean, like, no,
0: I'm good. I, 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 I'm actually, I think he's at my door right now, about to beat me up. Yeah. The um, I think with with King Shark, and I could be totally wrong on this. I don't think he can hold a show on his own. Like, I feel like it would be like, what if there was a Groot TV show? Like, I feel like he still needs his rocket. Like, who? We need someone to pair with King Shark and make it like a Rat solid Gatcher. duo. too. 2. Batcatcher 2, I think, would be the obvious choice, but I feel like he needs like a kind of like insane, loud. Like, even, I think even Harley would work. That's why I love the dynamics totally different on the show, but like, they're so polar opposite. Like, Harley is like at a 12 at all times on that show. And King Shark is just like this like fun, like, happy go lucky, like, tech guy. It's like so strange, but it works so well. He
3: does still sometimes eat people. Yeah. I mean, he's shark. King Shark. He's fucking yeah. King Shark. Um, Alex. Yeah. So I think that Ratcatcher 2 is like the heart and soul of this movie. And yeah. so she feels like the one who would be best able to hold the center of a show. Um, and plus, then you would get, like, Taiko Waititi flashbacks, which would be oh. really cool as her dad. Yeah. So that would be fun. You get to hang out more with Chris Pratt as Sebastian, which we're all you excited about. Stop, you
0: have to <laughs> stop
3: plugging this rat's
0: <laughs> IMDb. <laughs>
1: no, no, please keep doing it.
3: <laughs> but since she was already kind of mentioned, I will also say that I would really enjoy a prequel series starring Peter Capaldi as the thinker. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Because sure. he certainly didn't spend that entire 30 years only in that facility. I feel like he's bounced around the world doing other really messed up shit. And I would like to see what that was like. (laughs) It seems like it's another
0: unanswerable question. Like you can put it up there with the thousands of TDK questions that Alicia has. (laughs) Um, Like the way that they portray the thinker in this is just like, he has been working at this facility for 30 years. Yeah. straight like he hasn't left and he hasn't left this town he's been going to the same bar and everyone's like no you're totally normal with all these things popping out of your fucking head I <laughs> love that in, this, in the DC extended universe they're just like yeah no whatever giant shark cool like no one gives a shit about anything yeah.
3: I mean it's a weird place so it's so weird you know, people just have given up it, like aliens fall from the sky like gods just hang out like mm-hmm. people but color dimensional we can't have that pop up just
0: can't have any color whatsoever. I think I got to all of you. Um, I, it's so funny that
1: Capaldi in this, we probably won't talk about his performance too much, but it's like, this reminds me of like the Capaldi I first saw in, in the loop, which is like this really small movie <laughs> that sure. most people haven't seen.
3: Although I assume some people on this podcast have yeah, seen it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's reaction. like one of my favorite comedies of the last It's amazing. If you've never fun, seen this.
0: Fun, 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 fun fact. Because he was asked on Twitter, James Gunn casted peter capaldi because of in the loop he had never seen any doctor who yeah that makes sense he's so it's just like he literally is like no i want him for this role so for because people
1: of who don't know in the loop i think was a spin-off a spin-off of another series the shortly. thick of it.
3: it yeah the thick of it, the and thick there was of it. Amar- it's-
1: armando iannucci who i believe was a very big part of veep uh, he, I mean, it. he was Veep. He he Veep. I couldn't
3: remember exactly. Veep is like
0: Veep is like a uh, an American spin-off spinoff uh, kind of of The Thick of It.
3: Yeah, so it was. Well, yeah, it's not connected to The Thick of It, but it no. was basically like he was so successful doing that HBO hired him to do Veep. So as your really really
0: Capaldi
1: plays this, he's like a political mover and shaker, and he is the most foul mouthed human being ever on the planet. And he has this amazing scene with James Gandolfini, who plays an American general. It is, it is absolutely wild. I think his boss is Tom Hollander, who was most people would know him so, from so funny in, in that movie. You know, <laughs> he was amazing in that movie, uh, and yeah. So go in the loop is I think it's like eighty-five minutes. It's not even that long, Alicia check this out it's like a political comedy but it's the most foul mouth ridiculous shit you'll ever see yeah ever and it just goes by like rapid fire and you'll mm-hmm. sit there and like what did i just watch that was brilliant yeah and that's like, what the 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 bile that he exuded in this was not like he was cranky as doctor who but like or the doctor i should say but he's like he was just perfect like he brought that bile out that he had in in the loop into thinker which i really yeah.
0: Like if you've ever seen Veep, or I've heard of Veep, or watched clips of Veep, like her character, this just like foul mouth, insane VP, is like loosely based on what they did on the Thick of It, which is the sh- like, it's like The Office, the UK Office, or any of it. Like it's like a very limited run. I think it's actually pretty long ish. It's like five ish or six ish seasons or something like that. But he is this like the amount of curses per second is like fucking crazy <laughs> like he's a sick sick human being he's it's so funny yeah
3: his job is to just scream at people into self in cell phones and mm-hmm. coming up with the most incredible insult insults, insults ever you could imagine like <laughs> seven minute long monologues about what a fucking piece of shit you are <laughs> yeah
0: it's like if dr cox was able to curse on scrubs very much, yeah.
3: His character yeah. was Malcolm Tucker, by the way, and it's like an iconic character name. I'm very iconic. Yeah, I now want to You watch can, you can definitely it. search like supercuts on YouTube of him just cursing people out. But yeah, there's, it's but it's not just curse humor. Like there's also like, and the, the the thick of it is really really funny. But in the loop is just like my favorite version of that. There's like this one scene where Tom Hollander plays this, uh, like this low level member of Parliament in the UK who. Uh, accidentally uh, like came out very strongly for British intervention in a war situation um, because he got the wrong memo and then he had to walk it back to the press. And it's like this incredibly funny, painful experience of him trying to walk yeah. back. What is unambiguously a call to go to war. And it is so, so funny watching him try to like, but well, but really what I was trying to say is it's so, so funny. You should it's really, really good. At least look that up. It's a fun movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think the the obvious one, and I could re-steal it from Bill, for me is Polka Dot Man. I think he 100% deserves there, yeah, Especially series. with that backstory. Yeah. He's
1: like, I have these yeah. brothers and sisters. Some of them died. Some of them became superheroes. I'm like, oh, well, become superheroes.
0: It, it's really a shame that James Gunn had to, like, rip your heart out twice in this movie. Literally kills the, one of the characters that you kind of fall in love with with Rick Flagg um, by stabbing him in the heart and then you're like, oh,
3: fuck. And then he takes Polka Dot Man away and I was like, son of a bitch. And yeah. then it really seemed like he was going to take Sebastian away too. Oh, Luckily, I, know. Out, 100% okay. I know. percent thought it I know. I thought he was going to Antony
0: right. him. Rap,
3: <laughs>
0: Another Ant-Man reference. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> going to my next one uh, and kind of the last one I have for you guys, and we can just go into general like thoughts of the film. And it's more of a question than a superlative. Do you think we're going to get an actual traditional sequel to this film based on all the, I want to say, bad or negative press? Not from the reviews. The movie was very well received. I think at this point we had like a 94 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. May have gotten lowered at this point, but movie was a critical success Mm, financially question mark Uh, did this draw the the subscriber numbers that hbo wanted um we we saw the box office the actual traditional box office did not live up to expectations in fact it actually did worse than birds of prey but people are also forgetting that we are still in the middle of a global pandemic so they gave it to everyone for free so there's also that. true ish Because you do have to pay monthly for your subscription. Um, What do you guys think? Do you guys think we're going to get Suicide Squad 2 directed by James Gunn? Seems like he is game to come back. But um, just with everything so uncertain at this point, real roundtable style. What do you guys think? I'll start with Mr. Alex.
3: Sure. Um, Well, as Mr. Alex, I feel like I'm the authority on this question. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that I think that we probably will get a sequel to this film. I think that it was probably not as financially successful at the box office for uh, Warner, but I think that it was a huge critical success. And I think it really online, everyone's talking about it. I feel like no one's leaving that movie unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, with the collection of stars that you have, why wouldn't you? I think what you might see is a movie like this, get a slightly lower budget than this particular film got, because if blockbuster films are going to be getting these sort of multi-platform releases where box office is gets knees cut out a little bit because of the streaming stuff, whether like, so of course they did this day and date. Now they've announced for next year, they're going to be doing these 45 day windows, which is what all the studios are basically committing to at this point, that it's going to be uh, in the theater for six weeks and then go to their streaming platforms. I think that's still going to, a lot of people don't mind waiting a month and a half to go see a movie. So I think that that is going to cut out some of the box office potential for some of these movies to the point where they maybe can't be counted on to make a billion dollars. Like a lot of these ones had been in the past. And so maybe you'll see a reduced size and scope, but I think that Warner wants to continue to be in the James Gunn business. And they have a cast of Idris Elba and Margot Robbie and Viola Davis and, and Sylvester Stallone. So like, why wouldn't you come back in some form? So I think we're definitely going to see more. Alicia.
2: I mean, I think I think with this whole like tonal shift, which you know, arguably was started by Kathy Ann, um, just give, giving credit where credits due. Just saying, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think we're gonna get some kind of another movie, maybe not a direct sequel. I mean, it's clear that that DC at this point, whether it's because of kind of like the initial fumbling of their cinematic universe, or it's just even their comic books take up take a more like episodic kind of approach and they're not scared to just like just reboot shit, you know, cause they can, um, and, and kind of just pick and choose what is canon and what isn't. I mean, all you really need is just another cast of suicide squad members and Harley Quinn, and you can just call it suicide squad colon something else. I, I can't see them following like a numerical timeline per se. So as long as Amanda Waller and, probably harley quinn because you know you need at least one consistent presence to to demarket as a suicide squad movie i mean you can just keep on doing different scenarios with these deep cut characters and they kind of just exist on the fringes of the the main cinematic universe
0: well said yeah mr vodka <laughs>
1: uh according to an article i was reading while everyone was talking through comicgears.com according to uh samba which is uh, which was uh doing like streams i think also the hollywood reporter was doing it um it it had the second most streams for like it was right behind mortal Kombat for the amount of streams per household it was doing i think it like Mortal Kombat was three million in, in the first weekend and suicide squad was 2.8 and uh like, James Gunn came from trauma, so he knows how to work with a smaller budget. Now, has he recently with, you know, Guardians and and and, and this? No, but he could do a down-and-dirty type of movie like that. I have no doubt he could do it. And I agree with Alicia said. Uh, I mean, the characters that they had lined up that he just was like, nah, I'll save them for another time or didn't use them. I had never heard of before, and I'm sure he can find people who wants to work with him and just, you know, make it fun. And that's what these this movie is. No one's coming out. The four of us are all here. Like we love this movie. Like we just had so much fun with it. Alex, Alex and Al both messaged me. And independently like Alex, you were like, I like to be on this podcast because it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) Like and you don't often Message me about movies right away. So I think everyone had a really positive experience with this. And again, we're in a weird time, man. Like I, we, Al, we talked about this in the last episodes. Like, can we consider a movie, a flop these days when there are so many mitigating circumstances of the Delta variant of this fucking virus is back up. And all of a sudden now people are like, well, I don't want to go out. I'll watch it at home. Or I don't have to watch it this weekend. I'll watch it next weekend. Like you have the 45 day windows. People are like, I have time. I can watch it. It's not a problem. And so it's hard to gauge what's a hit and what's not. But the fact they Greenlit a Peacemaker show and already filmed it before this movie even came out shows me that Warner Media is the Warner Bros. is totally behind this project. And I feel like we will get another one uh, soon. And again, this is a very simple formula. Like Alicia said, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, a team. There you go.
3: Yeah, 100%.
0: Totally agree. Um, I mean, I think I think we can kind of skip the just general reviews because we all seem pretty positive on this film, um, and we talked about a lot of the things. We should give it a
1: rating though. We should got on a scale yes. of one to ten. Starros, starros, starfishes yeah. on your face.
0: Yeah, one to ten starfishes. Uh, starfi? Nope, starfishes. Starfish. Um, yeah, oh, it's starfish. A starfish. It's just starfish. No, it was just starfish. Yeah. 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 So uh, ranking <laughs> right, from. On to 10 starfish. Um, just what do you guys think? Bill.
1: You know what? I'm gonna go. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. There was some stuff there, was a little like ah, that wasn't the best idea, or that was a little underdeveloped, or whatever. But again, it's this movie. James Gunn cited his three references for this film, which was Kelly's Heroes, which is a 70s World War II caper flick with Clint Eastwood, where Eagles Dare which was uh, Clint Eastwood, again, <laughs> with, and The Dirty Dozen, and I think The Guns of Navarone, which are four of my dad's favorite movies, and I've seen a bazillion times, and I, I saw all the references to them. So this was very much in my wheelhouse. Uh, this was so much fun. I'm going to give it eight and a half Starfish because it's a movie that I really enjoyed. I'm going to go back to it. It's a lot of fun when it's on traditional HBO because I still have cable because I'm an old fart uh i will uh, i'll watch it again it's just a lot of fun i'll just make sure my daughter's not in the room to see all of the of the and especially i think i would have just given an eight and a half just for even if the movie sucked for that wonderful scene of king sharp ripping a dude in half with the rain coming down backlit that was just hanging in a museum it was worth the whole ride but yeah eight and a half for me this was a ton of fun
0: alicia
2: I'm gonna give it nine stars out of ten stars because um, mainly I I have so many yeah. unanswered questions about TDK. It's not fair.
1: I literally, how, when you were talking about TDK, I'm like, I want to just go back and watch that opening scene.
2: How dare you just you you take up? Uh, what, what do the kids say these days? You you live it in my mind, rent free TDK. How dare you? <laughs> Nathan Fillion. I'm going to start a beef with him now.
1: Sure. <laughs> Alex.
3: Um I'm going to have to say uh, 8 out of 10 stars for sure. I really, really enjoyed this movie. There's so much stuff that we haven't talked about that I really liked about it. Like, for instance, the interstitials, like the way that they did, oh, like the credits and all that stuff, yes. like in the environment. That was so fun. And I just I can't believe that they made a movie where they basically just like took the Will Smith character and were like, all right, we're going to make like two minor changes and then have him be the exact same character. But it's going to be Idris Elba. And okay. Idris Elba wasn't significant improvement to Will Smith Mm and that, that was a big surprise. Um, And they also just like what James Gunn is better at than almost anyone who makes blockbusters is making you care about every character that he wants you to care about exactly when he wants you to care about them. Like, when, like, they made you feel bad for the giant starfish. Like, when he's, like, getting hit... And then they also let him have, like, a horrific death. Like, he gets eaten from the inside out by rats. That's awful. Like, could you imagine? And then he gets that really sad moment where he's like, I was happy just looking at the stars. And you're like, yeah, this wasn't your fault. It was stupid American imperialism's fault. And it's like... (laughs) And that's wild that a movie about a talking star like starfish that makes zombie starfish babies that can also be like at least a superficial commentary on American imperialism is kind of crazy. So yeah, eight eight out of 10 stars for me.
0: Love it. Uh, I'm also going to go with nine staros out of 10. There was a lot of this movie that I just adored. Uh, I think it, it usually August is like, the worst time for the summer movies. And this like was the summer movie for me. I was a little let down by Fast 9 or F9 or whatever you want to call it. So a movie that had a lot of hype for me. And um, all the except, hype, I think most- Except for the end tag, made up for the whole movie. <laughs> so good. It's very true. Um, I, I just love this movie to death. It was so much fun. I I was hesitant to like rewatch it again. Uh, because of how much I loved it in the moment. And I'm, I'm scared, but at the same time, I think I'm going to just pick up on like little things and um, just watch this over and over and over again for the performances. And as Alex said, the way that Gunn makes you give a shit about any of these characters is beyond me. And the way he could do it for any and all of them is truly astounding. So yeah, nine out of 10 Staros. Guys... That's going to wrap it up for our Suicide Squad review, the Suicide Squad review.
3: Wait, Thank you, guys. Before before we yeah. end, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you guys your opinion on because you're know. all much bigger uh, about this sort of thing than me. The use of music in this movie, James Gunn obviously got a huge mm-hmm. amount of credit for the way he integrated music and chose interesting songs for guardians of the galaxy and guardians of the galaxy volume two. He uses a lot of music in this movie. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. Like how like a
1: podcast before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's a great question. I, I I think this was his least effective in that instance. Like I literally own on vinyl guardians one and two. Like those are two fantastic soundtracks. And two yes. I I prefer even better than one. And one was it's iconic. It was a it was like a chart, like it dominated the charts. I remember the, the first volume. I think it was a less effective this round. I do I do wanna give him props for including a December song. I was a big fan of that. Um but yeah, no, I I thought that I thought it was great. I thought the music choices were good, but they didn't hit me in the sense of like I need to go listen to this on spotify like as soon as i get home which is strange for gun after hitting two for two but i think maybe he's just saving his energy for both the holiday special and <laughs> volume three hey, there's um, a holiday special guardians uh, of the galaxy oh i think i thought you meant no to- that's specified. i'm like sorry well that's a hell of a holiday special <laughs>
1: not expecting that one
0: it's just tdk like sitting by a fire answering all
1: of alicia's questions He's just his arms are just dropping presents off to people. Ooh, He's
2: That's feeding funny. himself like milk and cookies, but like mm-hmm. his arms are detached. But there's no point in doing that. No point. <laughs> you can just do that with attached no arms.
0: No point at all. <laughs> um, did anyone have any other? Uh, uh, did anyone want to answer Alex on this uh, question?
2: I don't like to punch down, as I said before, but because it's so fresh in my mind, I will, I do have to give props to. How they use music in this suicide squad versus suicide squad without the th, because it made me realize it's it's just not enough to insert cool 70s rock music and like call it quirky, and that's the end of it. <laughs> that's the first yeah. thing that stood out to me when I watched the suicide squad after the suicide squad. I was like, oh, this this music's kind of bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh, I did like there's some uh there was some funny I thought it was like I didn't remember a lot of it like like I remember with the first guardians like you remember so much so many of the especially the opening scene with Star Lord you know kicking you know alien rats around not named Chris Pratt uh but nonetheless <laughs> uh there I just go I just I immediately picked it up on Spotify and I'm looking at this like the Jim Carroll band song the people who Di- people who died People don't know who Jim Carroll was. He was a poet. That's what Basketball Diaries, the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio played him. Like, People Who Died. Like, that's such a great, It was such a great song to open the movie with where people were just dying all around them. It was on the nose, but perfectly on the nose. And they have using the Fratellis, using the Pixies and uh, Steely Dan. And the Just a Gigolo, I Ain't Got Nobody sequence was fantastic. I love That's the best use of music for me in the movie was that scene where she's like they're doing the just a gigolo because i forgot someone else not named david lee roth did that song and i was like oh man this is perfect them in this jail cell just doing this to this song uh i don't know if it's my favorite james gunn use of music but you know as a movie it was good not my favorite but still appreciate the fact he knows how to place a song
0: great question Alan.
1: i have a question now because i'm Son of a bitch no it's very easy Al, you mentioned it, and you were going to ask this question. You didn't. Was the Suicide Squad the movie of the summer for everybody? Okay, oh, good, good question. So, Al, I already, said, I answered. You it. said I yes. It.
3: Yeah.
1: Alex, was this the movie of the summer for you? Because summer is
3: almost essentially done, pretty much. I mean, you know, Space Jam: A New Legacy was really tough to, yeah, I
2: enjoy, but, <laughs> but I <laughs> had no, to I mean, to
3: watch that movie. <laughs> it's. I don't know if it's it's the my favorite film that I watched this summer, but as far as a summer movie goes, it probably would take that for but sure. what's
1: your favorite movie you watched this summer?
3: Uh Luca. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, Luca count. Luca count. What? I'm sorry. Does I it count Luka. as a summer movie? Yeah. That's, when did when did it come out? well, it came out in the summer, but like you know, like we talk about summer movies, we're talking about like explosions and action, and but it's a big. You you always have the big animated movie. I do love
0: Luca. I've seen it a ton. My my kid loves it.
3: Nothing made me laugh or cry more this year than Luca. Yeah,
0: Alicia, (laughs) was this
1: the summer movie? Was this the movie of the summer for you, or are you living your life a
3: quarter of Corona Nita at a time?
2: Man, I don't even remember what movies I watched this summer. It was either it was Zola and this.
3: (laughs) Oh, I want to see Zola. Zola is
2: great. I did. What a what a dichotomy. Let me tell you. Um, (laughs) I I mean, a summer movie to me is always going to be like a fun blockbuster ensemble cast. And listen, I love I love my family. I love living a, a quarter mile at a time. But I just had a little more fun with this movie, so I'm I'm gonna have to say yeah the summer movie i don't remember anything that happened in black widow i'm sorry i just don't that's kind of a me problem
0: (laughs) well it mattered (laughs) it didn't didn't matter
1: uh yeah i um for me it's tough because you know for me it's like a three three uh, three horse race between this luca and uh and i'm the only one who's going to say this jungle cruise I really enjoyed the shit out of that movie. Bill, uh, Bill, it was that movie was made for me. Made for There's two movies that were in life. There were three movies in life that were made for me: Jungle Cruise, The Wrestler, and Point Break. Those three movies were just made for me. No one else has to like them.
3: Listen, once it's free on Disney Plus, I'll be happy to watch it. But sure, you, know. you could also. Same.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. I think. But to me, it's still Luke is going to be my movie of the summer because it's just like like uh, it's just like that movie made me cry. It made me laugh. I've watched I've watched it a number of times. It was just breathtaking artwork uh, on it in animation. So that's my movie. And better There's music. There. Better oh, music. Gosh, the, the music well. on that was yeah, score. perfect. Um, So that's going to be my movie of the summer, although this is up there. This was really this was really fun. And I will definitely revisit it. Space Jam Legacy. <laughs> no, no, thank you <laughs> Although I'll tell you, it beat last summer's movie Where
3: I saw Trolls World Tour like three times Yikes Is it, <laughs> is, it is it better than Trolls World Tour? Really? Yes, I've never seen I, Trolls World Tour
0: <laughs> I <laughs> was watching, I think The Trolls series no, in, in, in passing it may, It's either the series or the movie series. And I'm like, this is Terrible it, terrible! Trolls, sense that like,
1: this series is so bad that my six-year-old daughter who is this show is geared tour is like this show is terrible dad yeah i never want to watch it there you go
0: yeah like really bad. Uh, but anyway <laughs> enough enough punching down on trolls um that's gonna wrap it up for for this episode thank you guys all for joining um we'll do some plugs real quick you can find me on the twitters and on the instagrams At Al Matarino, I'm taking photos at concerts again, maybe. Uh, I did one, uh, you can check out my photos and Ryan DeMarco's review of Rise Against at the Stone Pony, my return to concerts, first time in 533 days. It was amazing. Great time. Uh, Alicia, where can people find you?
2: You could find me on Twitter at Alicia Weinberg. I dropped the ER. Thank you very much. And uh, if you find the feed, that's ninety-nine percent bloodborne and hereditary memes, then that's definitely
3: me. Nice, <laughs> Bill.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Why would you ever follow me on Twitter at Bodkin Writes? W R I T E S. Where it's mostly just like wrestling stuff. And, of course, things from ThePopBreak.com, because I have mastered that transition like a goddamn motherfucking superhero. I am, uh, of course, ThePopBreak.com. We will be celebrating 12 years this year covering television, movies, music, anime, comic books, pro wrestling, you name it, we're talking about. Of course, Alex will talk about our podcasts which you can find all over the internet. Uh, but of course the socially distanced podcast drops every Friday. So please give us uh, a like, a follow a rating, a review, a positive review. If you give us a negative review, I'll find, I'll send my arms out to find you because I Detachable am Um or my beard. Imagine my beard just came off. Everyone be like, I don't know who you are. You look weird. Uh, but follow us on Twitter at the pop break on Instagram at the pop break and Facebook forward slash pop all
3: spelled out. Alex. As uh, so for me, you can follow me on Twitter. And Letterbox at Media Thinkings. Uh, recently on Letterboxd, I reviewed all of the films of Wong Kar Wai. Uh, so if you're interested in that at all, you can check out my list over there. Um, as for podcasts, as we said, next week, uh, Bill will be joining me and uh, my co-hosts on Cinema Joes uh, to talk about The Suicide Squad and some other fun movies that we've been watching recently. So definitely check that out. We come out every other Thursday. Um, on all of your major podcast platforms. I'm also the podcast editor for popbreak.com, uh, which means I get to co-host the TV break with Bill Bodkin and uh, Josh Cernacki. Uh This month, Josh was on vacation moving, but uh, in his stead, my co-host from Cinema Joes, Justin, came on and we got to talk about uh, some fun sh- uh, shows, including uh, White Lotus, which I raved about, Monsters at Work, which Bill raved about, and a show that Justin caught up with from like six years ago. Cause he doesn't watch a lot of TV, but we also talked about masters of the universe on Netflix. So if you're interested in our review over that, you can definitely check that out over there. Um, that is on our pop break TV, uh, podcast feed, which also features, uh, monthly podcasts like, uh, blurred watching. Um, and which, if you liked this conversation, you'll probably like their podcast. Um, they talk about all nerdy, blurdy stuff. Um, Mar- Mar- uh, Courtney and Marshall who have been on this podcast as well. Um, You can also check out roses and rejections on that podcast feed, uh, which is all about like reality dating shows, live, laugh and lovey, which uh, covers a variety of shows, including, um, Uh, Married at First Sight, which is currently in season for them, Um, and also The Anniversary Brothers is over there. Uh, Also, The Anniversary Brothers Film Podcast is over on our other podcast feed, The Breakcast, which has a a variety of different podcasts, including music podcasts, uh, wrestling podcasts, when Bill feels like doing it, um, and other stuff that is coming down the pike soon. So look forward to that. If you don't want to subscribe to those two podcast feeds, you can always just head on over to Thepropbreak.com and click on the podcast tab and see all of the new podcasts that have been out recently. Nope. Yep.
0: Well, Alex, thank you as always for a uh, plug a palooza. Um,
3: I cut it down, right? It's not as long did. as you did. You streamlined yeah.
1: it. Really it, was it. It <laughs> wasn't it, was it my stall for time like last episode.
0: Um, join, <laughs> join us next week. We are going to be reviewing the first few episodes of uh, the new Disney Plus. Again, we are sponsored by Disney. Of course. Um, they just don't pay us. Um, Or acknowledge our
3: existence Which is probably for the best For sure (laughs)
0: Um, We're going to be checking out uh, the Marvel What If series on Disney Plus Talking about the first few episodes of that Uh, And it will be also the 70th episode of this podcast Which is crazy, like insane to think about This uh, podcast started as me and Bill uh, Having an excuse to talk to each other not on Facebook Messenger as the world was collapsing around us. And it still and now is. It's, now it's just
1: collapsed.
0: Now it's just, <laughs> now it's just collapsed. Uh, but yes, thank you again for listening to the Socially distance podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week.